What's up? Welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This is episode two of two. We got there. The second one, come up. You think the first one's hard to do? Getting around to the second one is even tougher. It's like anybody can wake up and go to the gym just once or just for a week, but doing it that second week, it takes a little bit more effort. So I'd written some of the things out that I wanted to talk about, kind of scrapped it all, and finally just got my ass down um, and said, fuck it, let's do it. So here we are. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, to everyone, to if you reached out after the first podcast, thank you so much. Um, I was pretty blown away by the different texts I'd received and messages, whether it was in Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat. Um, thanks for listening. Anytime anyone would send me a text or would give me a note of like they were checking it out, I would instantly just start sweating like profusely. It would give me such anxiety. It's just when you kind of put yourself out here like this, um, you don't know what to expect. And especially when it's just you talking by yourself, you don't have anybody to bounce the ideas off of. Um, things get redundant. You try to fill gaps in sentences. Um, I know I said douchebag a lot, but like I said, those things are going to happen here in the beginning. Um, it's a trial by fire thing when you're doing a podcast solo. So it kind of is what it is, but if you hit me up or if you listen or you download it, thank you so much. Um, I really do appreciate it. So, um, I, I was also out in the public this weekend and was talking to some different people and it sounds like they're already wanting to hop on the podcast. So things are moving that way. I hope to get a couple guests on probably around episode four or five. I want to, like I said, I just kind of want to get my bearings, uh, doing this once again before I start bringing people into the fold. And I also mentioned, uh, getting that, the spare bedroom in my house and turning it into a studio. Um, I can officially report I've done nothing. It looks the same. I said there was a bunch of shit in there. Guess what? It's all still there. I might have even accumulated a little bit more shit throughout the week of just shoving it in that room. So I've made zero progress. Maybe this week. He thought with maybe, or at least I was telling myself, ah, with a three-day weekend, I'll get around to it. Yeah, that didn't happen. Things came up. I chose not to do it. So maybe this week will be the week, but I'm not going to hold my breath. So if you happen to follow me on Instagram, if you don't, you can follow me at, at Grayson underscore Gregory. Um, but if you happen to follow me and saw my story um, last week, there was a morning in which I woke up and had to write a neighbor a nice little love note. And by a love note, I mean I threatened <laughs> I threatened to bash in a window of a truck. Okay? But if you didn't see it, hear me out. Hear me out. So a couple weeks ago, I saw this truck in front of my house. It's probably seven, eight o'clock at night. I see a dog sitting in the front seat. And I just think, yeah, maybe the guy's inside he's gonna come back out. I go to sleep thinking nothing of it. Wake up the next day, see that truck still parked there, and what do you know? The dog's still sitting in the truck. He kept the dog in there all night long. And this is one of those nights where, I mean, it wasn't cold, it wasn't hot, but I mean, it was 75. I mean, what's the dog supposed to do? Just shit in the, in the driver's seat? The dog wasn't even, like, laying down and, like, when you'd walk out with, like, look up, nah. He was just sitting in the driver's seat, just waiting to get let out. So you think that's bad enough? Nah. Happened again. Like two days later, 
I was looking for a parking spot somewhere. I see the dog sitting there again in the truck, and this time during the day, it was hot out. So then I felt like I should probably say something then or write a note or something, but I let it go. Truly, I kind of feel bad for whoever's in this truck because it's a piece of shit beat up old Ford. I mean, it's probably a late 1970s or 19 or early 80s, um, but it's a piece of shit truck. But when I saw it the third time, here's how crazy I am. It's probably 6.15 in the morning and I see this fucking truck and I go from 1 to 100 so goddamn quick. I start searching for a pen through my truck. I find a uh, one of those uh, in and out lap mats that hadn't been used and wrote the guy a nice little note and just I, I laid it out there that it was the third time I had seen this occur with the dog being locked in the truck. Um, kindly said that if I saw it once more... I was going to break a window and let the dog out. Now you say, Grayson, that sounds harsh. I get it. I kind of felt bad about it afterwards. Because like I said, the dude is in a piece of shit beat up truck. But thinking about it throughout the day, like I, I live in a, a two story condo. And every uh, condo in this complex is like two stories. Every one of them has a backyard. Every one of them also has a garage. So let's say the dude was down on his luck and couldn't let the dog in the house. Well, at least he could have put it in the backyard. Maybe the dude was down on his luck, but I mean, at least then he could have put the dog in the garage. Hell, each little house has like a fucking fence. He could have just tied the dog up there with a towel and a blanket at night. So at least it's outside. None of those things occurred. So as I went on throughout the day... It did weigh on me that, God damn it, you're such an asshole, and who gets that mad at 6.15 in the morning? But then playing out all these scenarios, nah, I was right. He was wrong. Random guy, don't keep your fucking dog in your truck. Fuck you. Fuck you. So I don't know if you guys saw the news yesterday. It was all over the news that there was a tiger in a car. I had to. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that, that tiger, Tiger Woods. It was being reported yesterday that Tiger Woods had had a DUI and spent the night in jail. And if you saw his mugshot, oh, that mugshot, he looked like Forrest Whitaker. Reports came out, or he came out in the news yesterday and said he wasn't drinking, that it was a mixture, a mix-up in pills is what caused it. Well, this morning, the blood test came back out, and he was right. Alcohol, 0.0000. That was probably too many zeros. 0.00, let's call it that. It was just the pills. But just the pills? We live in a society where I feel like that comes, the news comes out today, and it's like, oh, off the hook. He wasn't drinking. He was just on pills. Not a big deal. Accidentally mixed them up. Honest mistake. I feel like that almost gets you out of it. So many people can relate to that. But let me tell you something that ESPN won't tell you. CNN won't tell you. Fox News won't tell you. I'm going to be honest with you here. This is adult radio. This is an adult podcast. No one ever accidentally mixes up pills. You know why you mix up pills? Because they make you feel fucking good. 
He didn't just accidentally mix up pills. This wasn't the first time this has happened. For Tiger, this was probably just an average Saturday. This is just what happens. There is no mixing up pills. Oh, just had a bad reaction to the pills? Nah, the reaction's called getting fucked up. (laughs) I'm sure that was the reaction that Tiger was looking for. The type of people that say they had a reaction to pills or accidentally mixed up their pills together. They're the same people that go out and take 10 shots of fireball and then claim, oh, there was something in those drinks. I was roofied. That's not to take away from the couple times people are, but in general, we all know the type of people I'm talking about. The ones that don't take responsibility for their actions. That go out and get hammered blackout drunk and, oh yeah, those drinks were just strong. I think somebody slipped me a pill. Nah, I was there. I saw you take all those shots yourself. There was no roofing going on. But these are the same type of people that say they have a bad reaction or that they accidentally mixed up pills. I'll give you another example. It's the same type of person that you see smoke a joint or maybe has too big of a bite of an edible or even maybe a small bite of an edible. And then they're convinced, they're convinced you've heard it before. That marijuana was laced. That wasn't just marijuana. They must have put something else in that brownie. Nah. Just weed. You just got too stoned and couldn't handle it. So then, of course, it had to be laced. It wasn't just you. It wasn't that you just got too high and freaked out. Take it from a guy that has smoked his fair share of marijuana. Probably will this week. Never once has it ever come up. Or never once have I ever seen it where there is laced marijuana. Tell you one thing about drugs. Whether it's prescription, alcohol, marijuana. It all costs money. No one's giving them out for free. So no one's lacing your marijuana. No one's putting cocaine in (laughs) with your marijuana. I mean, unless it's your uh, Chris Tucker's character on Friday and and they give you... Angel dust instead of weed. That's the only time that happens. But it wasn't laced. He was just getting wet. But these are all the same type of people. And you watch. Tiger's going to get it. He's going to get more of a pass for this than he would have had it just been alcohol. Or had it been alcohol and pills. People don't like to be honest about what goes on with these pain pill things. People don't like to be honest that they're even taking drugs. Oh, no, it comes from my doctor. It's healthy. It's healthy. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Do you know how close Adderall is to actual crystal meth? They're kissing cousins. Let's just put it that way. Don't believe me? Look it up. But people don't like to think that they're actually taking a methamphetamine when they're taking Adderall. People don't like to think that they're taking this heavy downer of a benzodiazepine when they're taking Xanax because it's not drugs. It's from my doctor. Go ahead and tell yourself that, but you watch, he'll get more of a pass for this. More people will be able to understand just accidentally mixing pills or we'll give them more of a pass for this than had it just been alcohol. And of course I didn't even bring it up, but of course in what state did this happen? 
You guessed it. Florida. Tiger's been a resident of Florida for a long time. Episode one of Prove Me Wrong podcast was called Fuck Florida. I went on, I don't know, 20 minute rant about the state of Florida. But I don't think you understand. Like I said, I had to do local news updates when I was living in Florida. The headlines that would come across, you just don't see in other places. You would read headlines about a guy getting, or no, I'm sorry, a guy had killed his girlfriend in a dog bowl and the water bowl drowned her because she brought home Taco Bell when she was supposed to bring home McDonald's. True story. You don't have to go searching for headlines like this. They're everywhere. They're on the front page of the Orlando Sentinel. Orlando Sentinel's like their shitty version of the LA Times. Press Enterprise, if you will. It gets so bad that I think I'm going to have to eventually just create a segment on here called Meanwhile in Florida and just read Florida headlines. One of the guys that also takes note to these crazy headlines that happen just in Florida, Florida, sorry, is director Billy Corbin. Billy Corbin is the director of such movies and, or documentaries as uh, Cocaine Cowboys and Cocaine Cowboys 2. I think he's done one of the 30 for 30s. He might have done the U, that like three-part series. So let me just go through these headlines that he has just retweeted within the last 24 hours. Again, this isn't from some crazy website. These are just regular stories coming from regular news sites. For instance, from TampaBay.com, Florida woman claims she beat man to death because he masturbated in front of her. Meanwhile, in Florida, these are the things that happen here. You want another one? Another one. Meanwhile, in Florida, woman leaves children alone in car while she drinks at a bar. Police say. Crystal Chavez, 30, faces a charge of child neglect without great bodily harm. According to the arrest report, Chavez was at Jesse's Extreme Sports Bar. I have to read it like that because it's with an X, of course. Capital X, Extreme Sports Bar. Last Wednesday, while her children, aged 10 and 5, because that's what you're supposed to do with them, were in the car with the windows rolled up, the engine turned off for almost a half hour while she was inside taking shots. This is Florida. You don't have to go searching far. These are just typical headlines that come out on another day, on any given day. Like I said, these are just from the last 24 hours. Here's another one. Another one. Drunk women fight a Margaritaville Key West after one failed to achieve orgasm. You can't make this stuff up. This is just Florida. I told you Florida was an interesting place. Oh, what do you know? Here's one more. Another one. In case you missed it. Naked Miami man climbs to the top of an excavator and masturbates here again on a Palmetto Expressway. This is Florida. I promise I'm not going to do this every show. You just have to understand the type of place Florida is and was. Like I said, these are just normal headlines. This isn't from The Onion. This isn't from Gawker. These are just regular, everyday headlines in Florida. Another thing that happened over the last week since the last episode is there was that tragic bombing in Manchester at an Ariana Grande concert. 
Now, I don't want to make light of what happened. Don't turn it off. I swear, I don't want to make light of what happened. I'm not even going to take it to a political route. It's horrible what happened there. Kids died. They attacked women and children, if you want to look at it that way. However, and it's not just with this Manchester event. It's what happens anytime a tragedy hits the news like this. And look, I get it. I can do a lot of obnoxious things on social media, too. I post way too many political posts. I get it. But the one thing that I always fucking hate is when one of these tragedies comes is everybody running to their keyboard, everybody running to Instagram, everybody running to change their profile picture, to put a new filter up, to put a new status update up. And I don't want to get into the whole thoughts and prayers thing, because if you've ever seen Anthony Jeselnik's stand up special on Netflix, he absolutely nails what people are truly doing behind the thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. They're making it about them when it's not. It's saying, look at me. Don't forget about me. What's usually accompanied with the thoughts and prayers is the person that likes to pin themselves at the event, although they weren't there, but like to talk about how, oh, I was just there last summer. How scary. You nearly missed that one, man. Had you just had 364 more days, you would have just been right there. Are you rooting to be there? Are you just wanting people to know like, oh, it could have been me? I don't understand when people say that. Oh, I was there three years ago. How scary. This has nothing to do with you. But that's what social media is. It's about the likes. It's about the sympathy. And we all know. We all know people that do these type of things. Hell, I'm sure you could go back and even find me being guilty of this once before. Who knows? I'm not impervious to putting... Cliche status updates. I get it. My other favorite thing that, look, I'm not calling out any religion. I'm just calling them all out. My favorite thing was when people put prayers, please. Prayers, please. And then you'll see on the comments. Oh, prayers up. Amen. Prayers up. Call me cynical. But how many of those people outside of typing that comment or sending positive energy or saying a prayer. I'm saying not many. Just like the people that are putting thoughts and prayers. How many of them are going to actually go and donate to the cause? How many people actually donate their money to Red Cross? How many of those people are actually going to send money to Manchester? I'm saying the minority of people do opposed to the majority. Find a stat out there. Prove me wrong. Instead of posting the status update about how sad you are, donate some money. Donate some money. That's going to do them much more good than you changing your fucking profile picture. But next time something like this happens, before running to make the status update, maybe pull out your card and donate money first. And then if you want to go blast it and tell everybody about how you donated money, cool. I'll probably still talk shit on you then too. But at least if somebody sees that maybe you donated money, maybe that will encourage them to do the same. And isn't that better than just talking about how you were, could have been there or you have been there 
or that your thoughts and prayers are with the people. That's all fine and well. I'm not talking shit on if you are sending positive energy or positive thoughts or truly praying for the people. Put your money with your where your mouth is and donate some money to these causes or donate your time and don't just make the status update and don't just make it about you. Fair? But enough about the thoughts and prayers and the status updates. One of the cool things I did this weekend is I went to an event called the Starlight Bazaar um, at this place called Vale Headquarters out off uh, Rancho Parkway in Temecula. Shout out Ryan King. You put on an awesome event, man. That was so fucking cool to see. Um, What it was is um, it was like a car show slash art show slash food vendor. It was just your modern day bazaar. And it was so cool to see, man. You you get up there and I don't know, there's probably 250 people or so. Us versus them had brought out a bunch of lowriders. I can't remember one of the crew they had with them, like the low life crew or something. I'll, I'll fuck up the name, but there was uh, cars sitting frame out there, trucks, a couple cars on hydros, and it was just an eclectic group of people. Um, it's probably something you wouldn't have seen 30 years ago in Temecula, but and it was just like a really big group of like a cultural melting pot. People that you wouldn't necessarily see at events together, but um, at the Starlight Bazaar, it was just a really cool thing to see. It's weird now that I'm in my 30s because now... So many of my friends have kids, so they're out there with their kids and they're dancing around and it's just a lot's changed over the years. You know, these are some of the same people you used to party with all the time and now they're their parents and it's kind of cool to see it come full circle of them bringing their kids to this events and bringing them up in some of the same culture that we were brought up in. But one of the things I always have to do, (laughs) this is going to make me sound like such a prick, I get it, but... To anybody that still lives in a their hometown, like the school they went to high school in, or has moved back to the town they kind of grew up in, um, there's challenges to that. And let, let's just put it this way: if dodging awkward conversations was an Olympic sport, motherfuckers, I would be Michael Phelps. I'd have all the gold medals. I'd avoid so many conversations. When I'm out in public, it's like I'm always having to keep my head on a swivel. I feel like. I'm a special forces guy looking to my left, looking to the right, clear, clear. And I'm sure for all the people that I try and hide, duck behind clothes from to avoid conversations, I'm sure there's just that many people out there doing the same thing to me. But I just think that we should evolve the way we communicate in public. Like, I think we should take a cue from the ASL community and start coming up with our own sign language, if you will. For instance... Let's say you are at the grocery store going down the aisle. You happen to look up. The other person coming down the aisle is someone that looks familiar. You know that you went to school together, but you don't really know that person's name. No need to stop and have a conversation. There should just be like a certain wave or a tip of the cap where it says, hey, greetings and salutations. I know you. You know me. Let's not get into the small talk. Have a great day. And then you just go along your way. How amazing would that be? Instead of being at the mall, running into somebody that you have to pretend like you remember, but you don't really remember. And they're asking you questions that you don't have the answers to. And then they start bringing up, Oh, so who do you hang out with? Do you still hang out with so-and-so? Let's just avoid those situations. Can we just put 
an end to these fake communications. There should just be a nod. It'd be so much easier. But I guess the thing that would suck is that if you thought the person was a nod person, but they thought you were a conversation person, so then you're nodding and then they throw their hands up because they thought you were supposed to have a conversation. But there should be something, just some indicator. It doesn't just have to be used for that purpose either. I'll give you another for instance. I mentioned I'm a basic bitch as in when I went to Coachella, but I like to do other basic bitch things. I like to go hiking. I try to go hiking once a week. Okay, maybe once every other week. And sometimes when you're back on these trails, you have to cross these narrow pathways. And when there's nobody else back there, and it's like, let's say I'm crossing and then there's two girls crossing at the same time, I would like to be able to just give them a little nod and say, hey, I'm not a rape guy. You're safe here with me. I'm just stoned and I'm going to continue hiking on my way. And then they could feel relieved. Nothing crazy is going to happen. And they could just continue down their merry way. I guess the only way that wouldn't work is then you'd always have some guy like a Bill Cosby that would learn the same communication. And then he would fuck it up for the rest of us. I'll give you another for instance. How about this? Fellas. Let's say you're at a bar. Let's say you're at a sporting event. You're walking and you see a hot girl. And then you see the hot girl happens to be with a guy, her boyfriend. There should be able to be a level of communication between dude to dude that just says, hey, bro, I'm proud of you. Good for you, man. Especially if the dude's dating out of his league. There should just be, like I said, a wave, a nod, a tip of the cap that says, hey, buddy, proud of you. That would eliminate so many issues. You're acknowledging to the guy, hey, your girl's hot. You're acknowledging to the guy, hey, I see you're there, so I'm not going to be a creep about it. Because everybody knows, let's say you're walking down the boardwalk at the beach. When girls go by, it doesn't matter if you're 15 year old or you're 50, 50 years old. Every guy sneaks a peek. So if there was just a way for you to acknowledge to the dude, hey, your chick's hot, I see you there, but I'm proud of you, no more issues. No more issues. Of course, you're going to still always have the douchebags, you know, that probably have their nipples pierced and a tribal sun tattooed around their belly button. They're not going to be cool with it. But there should just be like an air fist bump you could give the dude that says, proud of you, man. Keep it up. You're giving guys like me hope out there. It would make things so much easier. Say what you want, but you think about it throughout this week. In instances where this new form of ASL would help you out in everyday life. I've given you three instances. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. Think about it. And then lastly... One of the things um, I'm extremely passionate about is trying to get rid of the disinformation of quote-unquote drugs. And I really think at the root of so many of our problems in this country is the war on drugs. I think putting people in cages for being addicted to something is fucking despicable. If you do that to them, then you should also do it to obese people. I think so many of the issues with the police would go away if you stop fucking with people. 
for taking drugs or quote unquote drugs, just though the type of drugs that they deem that you aren't allowed to take. And one of the things that came out this week was the global drug survey, but it's an annual survey and they survey, it depends from test to test, but anywhere from about 150,000 users, they survey anywhere from about 150,000 users to about 250,000 users of different substances. And one of the substances that they had a survey for um, was for MDMA. MDMA is what you find in ecstasy, what you find in Molly, and the numbers are staggering. They found in the last 12 months, 1.2% of people who took ecstasy had to seek medical attention. It's gone up from just 0.8% last year to 1.2%. Let that sink in for a second. From everything you've ever been taught about ecstasy and your D.A.R.E. program, or from Fox, or from CNN, said this is such a harmful drug. People die. People die, they say. In the last 12 months, out of 150,000 people, 1.2% of those people who took ecstasy reported that they sought medical attention. But it gets better, or worse, depending how you want to look at it. Because of those 1.2% of people that said they had to seek medical attention, half of them were drunk. Yup, alcohol was the main cause of why they had to seek the medical attention. It wasn't even the ecstasy. But you don't hear these things on your everyday news. You have to seek these things out to be able to get them in your feed. Especially in a time when you have a guy like Donald Trump and attorney Jeff Sessions trying to escalate the war on drugs, the failed war on drugs of Nixon, of Ronald Reagan, of Bill Clinton, of George Bush, of Barack Obama. This is not just this is not a Republican issue or a Democrat issue. They are all responsible for what has happened during the war on drugs. 1.2% of people. The fuck out of here. 1.2% of people in Temecula right now are probably having to seek medical attention for being drunk. It's fucking crazy. But you think it's this super harmful drug. And it's just not true. Not only that, if you ever... You should look into groups like MAPS. MAPS is an acronym for the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. I think I nailed that. But what they've been doing over the last 30 years is trying to get grants and trying to get tests for things like MDMA and to get clinical trials for psilocybin and LSD. But it's so tough and why there hasn't been any real tests done on marijuana because with unlike with these others, marijuana is a schedule one drug. That means it has no known benefits. Fuck you. We're smarter than that. Just Google CBD in children and see what it does to them. No known medical benefits. Get fucked. But on the other hand, that's how we've been able to test things like MDMA and psilocybin. And if you read into maps and you read into what they're doing with veterans that have PTSD, it's curing them of these problems. This isn't pseudoscience. This isn't woo-woo. 
they're going into stage three clinical trials. You can look it all up. And instead of just giving, like we were talking about with Tiger Woods, these benzodiazepines, instead of just giving them a shitty Band-Aid, like Xanax or whatever else they're giving them, these substances are actually helping them. And not only are they helping them, it's helping them actually get through it. It's amazing to see. There's tons of videos on YouTube. I encourage you to look it up. But it's very promising. And I hope that with the clown that is Donald Trump and don't, oh, if you're a Republican, relax. I didn't like Obama either. I'm an equal opportunity political hater, okay? But him and Jeff Sessions, they just don't understand the facts. And it's not just them, like I said. Every president going back from Nixon has not looked at the science. Has just perpetuated the war on drugs based on no facts whatsoever. And now with the internet, and now with groups like MAPS, we're finally getting to the truth. And we're finally going to be able to get to a place where I think we're going to be able to start fucking helping some of these people. We know what a joke the VA is. We know what a joke these pharmaceuticals are. But with the right therapy and with things like MDMA, with substances like psilocybin, the taboo is going to go away. Just like the kids today are going to grow up in a world where there's already been a black president in America, where gay marriage has always been legal. For the most part, marijuana is going to always be legal. This is something that they're going to just grow up with too. And it's just going to be natural. And people are going to actually get helped. And the dirty little secret people, if you think I'm crazy... The top people in Silicon Valley are microdosing with these substances weekly, if not daily. Google it. I feel like that should be the tagline of the the show. I'm too lazy to give you the facts. I just say Google it. But it's happening and it's helping their performance. And we're coming into a new age where these substances, like I said, had been taboo, are now going to be welcomed and they're going to be implemented in a way to really help people. I dig that. Just follow the science. What what does the science say? Let's do that. When you find out that things like psilocybin don't kill people, things like marijuana is not addicting. It doesn't kill people. MDMA, when taken without alcohol, (laughs) it's not going to harm you. We've been fed such a crock of shit for so long. I get that it takes kind of a minute to comprehend all these things. When I first heard this a few years back, I think it probably took me a long time to get used to certain substances should be legal. It's just so ingrained that these things are drugs and that they're bad and that they're bad for us. But the science just simply doesn't back that up. And that's exciting. We need to do more tests on it. We need to look more into it. But if you just look up what it's doing to the veterans and how it can help them with their PTSD, we should be throwing all of our money at this. But I get people aren't there yet. So let's do more tests. And look, I understand that it sounds crazy. It's saying give people ecstasy, give people psilocybin, a.k.a. mushrooms. That it can actually be used with a therapist and actually be able to help people. I understand it sounds like crazy hippie shit, but the data proves it. 
But if you want to learn more about it, I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes. So when you're in the when you're in the app, if you just hit more info, I'll have it right there. So you can just copy and paste it into your browser and check them out. But they're called MAPS, and it's the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. And the research they're doing is cutting edge, and it's helping tremendously. And that's fucking super exciting. Boom! That's it. Episode two of the Prove Me Wrong podcast is in the books. Um, like I said at the top of the show, um, if you downloaded or subscribed or to the people that reached out last week, thank you so much. Um, I get that this show was a little bit different, got a little serious. Hopefully you laughed a little bit too, but thank you so much for listening. Tell a friend about the podcast and I'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.